Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Danny Kelly was back. We had a good Mm. England chat ahead of the big game against Germany tonight and look back. On the defeat to Italy, um, we were joined by Nigel Smith, landlord of the Fleece Inn near Evesham in Worcestershire. Uh, he organises Nigel Fest for over 300 Nigels. Mm. That's how many turned up. Uh, a dying name. It is, less than last time. That's true, which is sad. Um, we had some clips of the week pewter from 2010. Yeah, that we, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did, yeah. We found out something we didn't know about James Alexander Gordon. Fantastic. Isn't it? H- here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. Of course, there's a lot of chat about Gareth Southgate's position at the mm. moment, and uh, I did like this letter into the Sun this morning. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. He hasn't really thought this through. That's it's... where I go. If I want sort of cogent argument about the England That's managers, That's where I always go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wells of Bedworth in Warwickshire wrote, mm. Gareth Southgate is totally incompetent oh. and out of his depth as England boss. Axe him and the FA committee who back him. Who's going to appoint the new bloke? You haven't thought this through, John. He can. He'll do it himself. <laughs> Give him the gig. Ludicrous. Clearly knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and um, Erling Haaland, Haaland. Erling Haaland, Haaland. Yes, he's, I, I'm. Was his university it's challenge? Quite posh. <laughs> the Haaland Haalands. Is he one of the Haaland Haalands? The Erling Haaland. Oh yeah. The secret to his success, according to the Sun today, yeah. are these blue light glasses. Yeah. yeah. It's got nothing to do with being six foot five, really quick and great at football. It's the blue light glasses. It is now. The, these are there because a bit of blue light late at night can they, they say mm. is, is not great for your sleep so he wears these of an evening yeah and it reduces the blue light which means he sleeps better he's rested mm. and he's uh, he's on fire when he gets on the pitch so but I had no experience of these but of course I knew you would some sort of crazy gadget you mm. buy all the gadgets Andy so you've had a you bought some for your wife I bought some for glasses. Sue yeah because she loves looking at her uh, device like an iPad or a phone late at night right and said, you know and this is disrupting your sleep mm. so I got her to wear these things I made her wear them every night but it didn't really work so no. uh, well what are they now? when you did you look I mean your eyes they're blue like glasses exactly what they described they're glasses with blue lenses Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And um, did you put them on at any point? But you can't see without your glasses. No. You? I was saying, if you got a I prescription pair of blue lights, they cost about five grand. <laughs> they would. Your lenses. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I didn't really bother. They're very complex. <laughs> and Gareth Ainsworth hmm. wore his lucky red boots, snakeskin boots, for the defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. You think we're not that lucky, really? No. <laughs> I'll give those up, Gareth, if Good I was old you. buddy. 
Bannon. Bannon, that's right, yeah, yeah. he's on fire, wasn't it's he? It's an interesting fact about James Alexander Gordon, mm. who famously read the uh, sports uh, did, yeah, yeah. results. Yeah. Football sports. results in the days when the Beatles yeah. used to read them out. That's yeah. right, and uh, apparently, I never knew this. Did you know that he won the pools? I didn't know that. No, he won 52 grand. In what year? Oh, it doesn't say what year. He, he um, But wasn't there an old comedy sketch where the bloke's like reading out the results and he w- w- realises... He's won the premium bond. Uh, premium. <laughs> Idiot. The, the pools. He's won the pools. He's won the pools as he's reading the, it's the a, things. I've not seen it. It's a good skit. Maybe the listeners of, of a certain age yeah. will remember what show that was. I can't remember. So the person, it's, a, it's some old sketch show. Some yeah? old sketch where the, yeah, the guy's could reading the Could be a Ronnie sketch, results. isn't it? Yeah, sounds it like one for Ronnie suddenly, Corbett. Yeah, it does I sound a bit like that. Yeah. He, uh, he shared it with the doorman at Broadcasting House. Very nice of him, wasn't it? So they were in a little mini syndicate, were they? Or did he just. Or was he just. I got the full details. A generous bloke. <laughs> yeah. It's quite, it's quite random, isn't it? To win fifty-two grand when that was yeah. a lot of money, and say, "I'll give half to the doorman." Well, Who should nice I give half to? Well, nice um, Robbie Williams <laughs> uh, has been talking today about the fact that his son Charlton thinks that he's a footballer. Mm. I'm so surprised you could call a child Charlton. He said, <laughs> "He said I don't know why." The other day, he, t- he told somebody that I play for Manchester United. I'm not quite sure mm. how old Charlton is. What is he's six or seven? So not <laughs> 20, twenty-five. Not, not twenty-five, <laughs> is it? But um, what do your kids think you do? I mean, have you ever have you ever encountered that, that Robbie? Williams? Have you ever said, "Oh, oh yeah," you've overheard the kids saying, "Well, my dad or my mum, they do X." And yeah. You're thinking, "Hang on, where'd they get that from?" So look, if if Robbie Williams isn't alone. And we know he listens to the uh, station, so good afternoon, Robbie, if this is the case. Um, so do let us know, talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089, tweet to TSH&J. Mm. What would you technically have to hang up in the James L. Jones envelope uh, if you were leaving your line of work? And have you ever worked for Pozzo-like bosses? What sort of, I mean, that is an amazing turn. Is that six managers in a year, or is, that, is it five mm. managers in a year? It's got to be probably six isn't it now got a Carlo Ancelotti on line one <laughs> <laughs> he's worked for a few he certainly has the, so do uh, let us know yes Andy. the Mancad situation oh, uh, yeah. in the weekend was uh, very interesting the, the, somebody did this research I don't know whether these people do this thing but apparently during her innings hmm. uh, Charlie hmm. Dean yeah. actually left the crease 73 times before yeah. you know so but there still was no warning. That's that. Well, they're the saying there was, of course. Well, then, but yeah, Heather yeah, Knight's saying there wasn't. Yeah, no. And it's pretty strong on that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds to me like there wasn't. There certainly should have been. And also, what I don't like about it, it's legal and fine and all that. Yeah. But for me, she cons her into it. She basically has no intention of bowling the ball. No. She basically, and as she actually goes into a delivery strike, she's only about two inches out of her crease. But once she's turned and gone, of course, she's much further up so I mean look I thought it was bad if you give a warning it's fair game because even Mancad mm. the man himself in 1940 odd against the Aussies did gave a warning um, mm. and it was ignored yeah, it should have so been if a warning you I've give a warning felt, it's different when you always felt in sport if you're that desperate to like win a game you just feel like saying here you are you, you have it you've won fine that's what, that's the way you think winning a game should come okay. then, then do it but I, I don't think I don't think he did it, the game any favours at all. No, no, it wasn't a great, wasn't a great look. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Absolutely huge game for England against Germany at Wembley tonight. And uh, joining us now to discuss it, it's live on Talksport, of course. Jim Proudfoot, you heard from there, alongside Stuart Pearce once again. Adrian Durham, your host at Wembley, and uh, you can react in the sports bar straight after the match. But uh, Danny Kelly joins us now to uh, give Hi, us chaps. his take. And good afternoon, Danny. Yeah. 
Good afternoon. Yeah, very good to be with you. Um, it's interesting. Mm. We had that comment there from Gareth about get, basically saying get behind the lads. But I've always felt, and when that that we hear those rallying calls, even at club level, it's a bit of a two way street. I mean, if the team come out timid and tepid and slow and just popping balls off to each other in the back three then you're going to get that kind of reaction but if the team come out with intent and they're on it and they're and they're putting they're putting the effort in and they want to get on the ball I don't doubt for a minute the crowd will get behind them but it, you know you need something to work from I think sometimes as a fan it means one of those last desperate um, hideouts that managers and teams that are fading slightly uh, go into, isn't it? Oh, the fans, we all got to, we all got to pull together here. The truth of it is the fans can, can, can lift a team 1% or 2%, but if they're not playing well themselves, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a mad thing to be saying <clears> at this <throat> stage. What they need is the team to be set up well, to believe in each other, to play with a bit of dynamism, whatever the, the strategy of the team is, the fans can't do all that. That's down to the the, the, the 16 players who get used on the night. It's hard to know what's happened to England, Danny, because they, when they did well in the last two tournaments, they played with a kind of intensity, a kind of zip. And I think there was mm. only two moments in the game where we saw that type of football where player makes pass, player runs on, gets pass back, then the other player, you know, and I think nice football to set James away was a poor cross, but that was more like the old England. But otherwise, it's just so slow. It's, it's like a club side that doesn't know where they're going. It's a, it's a problem, I think, Andy, that was exacerbated by the mm. manager's um, press conference before the game in which he gave the message to the public and by definition the players then as well that he was going to reverse beep 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 back into uh, the kind of uh, situation and, and look he has done well in those two tournaments so no one can take that away from him but the, the fact of that matter is he's got a squad that's full of attacking talent and now has a defensive strategy and that's all right while it's working um, and when it fails, it fails catastrophic. That's the problem with that, but that particular mismatch. If you, I mean, I'll make the I'll make the the, the, the comparison because it's worthwhile. England are a bit like Spurs now in that they are playing very defensively in the hope that their excellent forward players will get will get the goal that matters. But Italy also have excellent forward players, and Raspadori did one brilliant thing and won the game. I feel a bit sorry for Harry Kane. He's in the two the two most defensive teams in world football at the present moment. Um, they've, they've really got a They've really uh, got to... Um... Sorry, Danny, we've just got a little bit of breaking news. Uh, ben Fletcher oh, has rejoined oh. us. Oh, no. Breaking news <laughs> on Talk Sport. Thanks, Danny. Love you too. Uh, Watford, <laughs> Watford have confirmed. Uh, Slavin Bilic has now been installed as head coach on an 18-month contract. Oh, what an hour it's been at Vicarage Road, by the way. Rob Edwards, along with assistant Richie Carl, has left the club, but Slavin Bilic in place uh, at Watford with an 18-month contract right. signed. So watch this space. 18 months. What are the chances in of that? The chance. Chance. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> how, when, when did Watford change their manager become breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time. You've, Danny, you've got a point. Very I must say. Um, <laughs> let's go back to England. Some quite telling comments from uh, Raheem Sterling yesterday in his part of the press conference when he was asked by one of the press, why can't you make a 4-3-3 work? He said, because the manager wants to play three at the back. Um, and he admitted <laughs> it does make life a little bit more difficult for him, but he has to work in the system that the manager the manager gives him. I mean, uh, as people have been saying, historically, the good results England have had in recent years generally have come with four at the back, um, not three, but um, Gareth feels that's the way forward. And he, he was making the point on Friday, you know, he's not for turning. He thinks he's been a bit too malleable at times. Uh, and that's not going to be the case anymore. But 
you know, you're trying, you're trying to, uh, you know, play a system or accommodate players that you want to play. I don't know. What, what, I mean, I'm not sure of the logic. I mean, I would, uh, you know, I have some sympathy for Gareth Southgate in that it is arguable that the weakest part of the team is the choice of centre-halves he currently has. Maguire's out of form. Um, he hasn't really given Fakaya Tomori a proper chance. And so there's that. But you don't, you don't compensate for having two players who are not great by bringing in a third one is not great. You're weakening another position in the team. The way teams have traditionally dealt with the centre-backs not being the greatest, to put two decent defensive midfielders in front of them. So you're defending with a block of four rather than a line of four. And then you release the full-backs, whoever they are, but not um, Bakaya Saka playing left wing-back. You release yeah. the full-backs, whoever they are, and say, we will defend as a block in, fr- in, fr- you know, in front of our goal rather than to cross it. Um, but Gareth, I think I think he's. I mean, I, I want to. He's an intelligent guy, so you've got to be careful what you say. I think he sounds confused himself now. I don't. I think he's doubling down on things that he's not even sure about. Um, and I, 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 it's hard to know where where they go from here. Um, the only the only comfort I would take is that over the weekend, all the major European nations have got confusion and problems in their ranks going mm. into the World Cup, with the exception of the Netherlands. And they've got Vincent Janssen starting up front, so oh, everybody has the their problems. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Saka there, and one of the best attacking players in the Premier League this season has been Bukayo Saka. Why do you want to play him there? What a waste of his talent. You know, and, he, also, he what a message out, it, and he looked out of position. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. And the message it sends to Luke Shaw, God bless him, and um, Creswell, it just, it just says, well. I don't Chilwell, have yeah. any... Chilwell, sorry, mm. Chilwell. I mean, it could have well been Cresswell, couldn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it I mean, Kieran Trippier, none of you are going to play left back. I've got a better plan. Mm. Um, and, and you're right. It, not only did it make England weaker in defence, because uh, uh, Saka didn't look entirely comfortable. He didn't look at all comfortable in that position. But also the weaker was England in attack, because he, as you say, is one. He was the England's player of the year two days ago. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> mm. the, it was our own Jim Proudfoot tweeting earlier on that alerted me to the fact that Ivan Tony was in, despite the fact that you, kind of Gareth was hinting yesterday that he probably wouldn't get any game time. But um, Trent is out. Uh, obviously, Grealish is suspended. No Tamori, no Ward Prowse, no Jared Bowen. Um, quite a, Some of those guys, I think, can maybe book a, a little mini break in October, Danny, don't you think? I mean, it looks like that. The the logic would would suggest that there, although there is a, it is a large, slightly enlarged squad for the World Cup finals, isn't it? Um, and so there are slightly more chances than there were. Um, I think you know the the one that the other parts of the media, and so we will too, that will be causing all kinds of head scratching is Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, either the evidence for our own eyes when he's playing well for Liverpool that he really is a fantastic wide player who happens to start from defence is true um, or something is going on there that we just don't know about. Now, he has not played well this season. The number of times Liverpool have conceded goals where you see Trent staring at the back of the shirt, the supposed mm. person he's supposed to be marking. Um, and of course, mm. this is a, this is only adding, I suspect, to Southgate's suspicions about him. Um, but there, there can't be many countries in the world who feel they could leave that much creativity back home with a World Cup eight weeks away. Yeah, Bellingham was a definite plus though, wasn't yeah. he? We have to say that. Yeah. He played well, yeah, Bellingham, I, and I thought, I thought, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a very stagnant performance, mm. Bellingham was good. I thought Foden's passing, it always looks fantastic. Mm. They haven't worked out position for him. Um, is he a 10? Is he going to be a wide forward? What's he going to do? You know, you, there's an argument. 
when you watch someone like Luka Modric playing, that you could play him in the middle of midfield because um, he has a similar um, ability to make space and, and play the ball. But they've got to decide where they're going to play Foden. Um, and I, but I think all these decisions, it's not too late. It's not too late. No. But it's very, very late in the day. Well, there's the Oscars music asking us to clear <laughs> oh. the stage momentarily. We can come back, though, thankfully, <laughs> after the... Uh, the sports headlines and we will look a little bit more at uh, the role of the crowd tonight some interesting comments from Raheem Sterling yesterday Paul Hawksby Andy Jacobs Danny Kelly with us as we keep talking England and more the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast news on that uh, comedy sketch Andy uh, recalled earlier on of, uh, of uh, somebody reading out the football results and then realising that all their numbers have come up on the football polls uh, it was by Michael Benteen apparently who's told us that one of our listeners Say, uh, it is Daniel. Well done, Daniel. Top yeah. work. Thank you for that. Um, now, Danny, just going back to Watford very briefly. Um, I was just wondering whether Slavin had worked anywhere else since West Brom, and he has. He had uh, a year at Mrs. Doyle's favourite club, Beijing Goan. 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 I'm just so hearing in my in my headphones, Paul, as well, that he's coming under pressure at Watford now. Yeah. Uh, the board are looking at his performance in the last 15 minutes. They're not happy. News as we get it, I think he may have he may have sparked up during the uh, during didn't open that we didn't crack a window when he had the uh, the Pozzo family interview. Anyway, we'll go keep on, an eye on that one on, for you. Go on, go on. So uh, yeah, what slightly worrying thing? It's never good to hear this. And, and as an England fan, you don't feel you you want to be part of something like this, but it can be a inevitable with the expectations but to hear another player in Raheem Sterling say there were periods in his career when he dreaded coming on England duty I mean that's I mean that's, a, that's I'm not saying that's a far cry from get behind the lads but that is you don't want to hear that that was the nice thing about thing. Gareth when he came in he yes. stopped that the players started playing like they do for their clubs I don't know what's happened it's just something's happened it's gone backwards and it's hard to put your finger on what it is because there was a good atmosphere around the team we remember in the World Cup yeah. there, there was a zest about the team but there it's was. not there I mean Sam Matterface yesterday Danny was, was, was on I was listening to him and he was a bit earlier on but he, he did sort of nail that thing of players not being informed really apart from Maguire there's not that many players who started um, on Friday night who aren't particularly you would say are, are particularly in bad form um, no, of, of, of starters, uh, you, you know, Dyer's got back in the squad because he's playing well at Spurs, and you know, you you, you couldn't you couldn't really argue that there just seems to be um, some, as I say, mismatch between um, the players he has available and the strategy that he's asking them uh, to, to to fulfil. Um, and I, I mean, they they don't look like they're in you know a, a bad place themselves. I mean, Sterling hasn't come out and said, look, the, the camp is is uh, you know he wouldn't he's unhappy or anything. They just whatever it was that was to come back to Slavin Bilic sparking them um, less than two less than two and even less than eighteen months ago is suddenly missing. But we all see this in teams. They 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 hit a, a peak of what they're capable of. Um, and we are always expecting that's the level they're going to play at for the rest of time, and then they drift away from it. And often the managers are, uh, and this particularly in club football as well, you know, they're, they're absolutely incapable of reversing uh, that shift. That, I mean, wasn't that why Ferguson was the greatest manager? Because he built another team and another team and another team. Um, he, he managed to turn those declines around, albeit with a massive transfer budget. Um, I don't know what Gareth doesn't have that ability. He can't bring in 
really that many new players. And it is noticeable too that his solution whenever he got into a problem in the past was to just bring in more 18 and 19 year olds. Um, but now he seems to have his squad. He's, he's definitely got um, his favourites. Maguire hasn't let him down, so he's a favourite, you mm. know. Um, but he's not just endlessly renewing the squad with people from the other 21s. Um, and I, 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 I was, even he, I thought, as I said earlier on, his, you know, he's, it's too difficult sometimes to read into just people's body language. The words he was using did not inspire me that he knows what's fundamentally wrong with this team. And when you go five games against different levels of opposition without scoring a single goal from open play, you're either very unlucky or there is something fundamentally wrong, and I suspect the latter. Uh, it seems that Stones will be starting tonight. The words. Yeah, I, think I think Mike McGrath in the Telegraph making the point, guys, that they are missing Pickford's distribution a bit as well. They have that ability to mix things up. Uh, and and that that is a that's one aspect that nobody's really been talking about. That yeah, much. that's not what went wrong. No, I know it's not. He, but look, yeah. it's all, it all feeds into maybe White's not working quite as well as it did. Yeah. Um, go on, Andy. Pickford's yeah. distribution is average, you know. He, but it, maybe it's better than Pope's. It mm. is better than Pope's, granted. Um, but they're not talking about Edison here, where it's a fundamental part of the team's mechanics. Mm. It's a it's a nice thing to have when it goes well. But uh, you know, I don't think that that's. Uh, with all due respect to Mike, that's that's all right. That's just one of a million things at the moment. They're not quite correct, and the problem is with these things is that to fix them all at once it seems such a big job. Now I'm asking you. I'll ask Andy. If if England come out play well tonight, um, bash, bash three past Germany, will we have a completely different face on this in in 24 hours? Yeah, I think, yes. yeah, I think abso absolutely. <laughs> <Because of> expectations <laughs> at the moment. Expectations are really really low, which is not a bad thing going into a tournament because yeah. in the past it's often been far too high. Um, yeah. But you know, I just can't see that happening. I was I was thinking though that. In a normal World Cup, players give it their all, knowing they've got three or four weeks' holiday coming at the end of it. Yeah. This year, they know they've got more than half a season to go. I don't know how it's going to affect players and how they approach it. I suppose they'll give it everything because it's a World Cup. But it, it is going to be a different World Cup, so it's pretty hard to judge, really, how it'll be. Well, but... well that's just adding to the... I mean, you're absolutely right, of course. You're adding to the uh, just the incredible unpredictability of this season all round. Um, mm. We have... Two separate seasons, a Winter World Cup, all those things um, just make, you know, that are already tremendously difficult and highly paid job, even more hard um, predicting football results, yeah? It's true. It'll be interesting to see how much game time Tony gets this evening, whether he will get sort of 10, 15 minutes. I mean, it probably won't be enough to get him on the plane. I think that, maybe that, that uh, I was going to say, that ship has sailed, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see... If he does get any game time, and how he does service—that's the thing. To I mean, push you know. Harry Kane out of the way so he can take the free kicks. Oh, Kieran Trippier is there as well, of course. Well, that's another aspect, isn't it? That um, Harry Kane has now missed, I think, for Spurs, four hundred and thirty-seven yeah. free kicks. I think it's, that's this season. So, yeah. Son has scored three in his last four appearances for South Korea. Yeah, that's he right. banged in another one um, yeah. three days ago from a mile out. I think he must um, say to the other players, "I can, Eric Dyer and Sonny, I can feel it. this yeah. is the this is definitely the, the one. one. You say yeah. that every week, H. You say that every. I mean, it must be like for England. They can't let him anywhere near them. I mean, how come such a good player be quite terrible? Uh, it was great at penalties. Be quite terrible at free kicks like that. It's shocking, really. Uh, 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 well, he he he's um 
You're right, he's great at penalties. It's free kicks and corners. And that's the at least we can say England haven't gone back to letting Harry no. Kane take the corners. That's true. So there is there has been some progress. We sound like really grumpy, grumpy geezers here, don't we? <laughs> yeah. But this England team, they're forcing you into that corner, aren't they? And there's, there's the but there's the serious issue of it. If you don't win for five games and you don't score from play for five games, you can't give Ivan Tony the ninety minutes. No. You need this result to exactly. bring back. Yeah. That is the problem. Yeah, because results of men that they are going to have to play. If Harry Kane was to get injured the week before the World Cup and couldn't go to the World Cup, yeah, he's he's not really tried either of them. You know, Tony or he hasn't given Tammy Abrams an extensive run. So Watkins, none of them have really had a a go, have they? It will be the Force Nine World Cup. That's what it will (laughs) be. Foden will be. Yeah, he'll be our. Marcus Edwards will be brought into the squad to play five foot six Force Nine. Yeah, (laughs) like he does for Sporting. Danny, I know you want it. We're going to have Andy Brussel here shortly, Mm. but uh, there was a couple of uh, other European things you you spotted before we let you go. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I mean, Andy, Andy will bring some common sense to all of this. Just, um, I, I mean, we watch Turkish football sometimes with amazement. and They're at it again. They, what they were doing in, in League C, no one can work out. They play in a league that really fancies itself. And most of their players are on tremendous wages. Um, they'd already, admittedly, been promoted back into, into League B. But during the course of the week, um, first of all, they drew at home 3-3. Um, with Luxembourg. <laughs> it's the first time Luxembourg has ever scored three goals in an away competitive match. And wow. they were three two up with a couple of minutes to go. God. So wow. the Turkish population were in absolute uproar about this. And the team re- duly responded last night by losing two one in the Faroe Islands. <laughs> uh, can you can you imagine? I mean, my local ba- the band used to cut my hair in North London, um, yeah. a big Fenerbahce fan. He'd be doing his pieces. <laughs> the other result which caused me to raise uh, a quizzical eyebrow and it's put Northern Ireland in jeopardy of getting relegated as well. I'm not suggesting for one minute, and I really am not, um, that there's anything um, wrong about this result, but it did raise an eyebrow. Uh, Greece had walked away with their group, and were getting promoted, and then they go to their baby brother at Cyprus. Cyprus need a result to um, keep pressure on Northern Ireland to avoid themselves being relegated. Cyprus won, Greece nil, the most Eurovision Ooh, result ever <laughs> in, in professional football. It's not good, is it? That's a bit smelly. Mitrovic, yeah. <laughs> Mitrovic also, my favourite player, Alexander Mitrovic, as Serbia continue to, to show that they will be a horrible team to play against in the World Cup. They beat Sweden, whacked them 4-1. Wow. Vlavic didn't get any of the goals. Mitro got three of them in the first 48 minutes. Um, those are the things I, I, I picked up on um, in the course of, 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 of four days of watching international football almost continuously. Yeah. Erling Haaland mm. scored at the weekend, but was on the losing side. It's a rare occurrence for him in recent months, mm. isn't it? But they lost to Slovenia, but oh, still got another the, goal. Think of, the, think of the past, Erling Haaland. He's done now. Yeah. The fellow who we have to look out for now is Sesko, who was uh, the opposition centre-forward. He's the next uh, big thing that's coming along. He's already at RB Salzburg. He will soon be at RB yeah. Leipzig, and he will just follow exactly the same play. He played against Chelsea Holland. in the recent European game. He's good. An old Sesko. Yeah, and, yeah, watch out for Sesko. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, nice one. We will catch up with you next Monday when we've got the bread and butter of domestic football, and hopefully reflecting from our point of view on a fine victory at the Emirates for Tottenham, although I'm, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Oh, I think it's almost a done deal, isn't it? I'll tell you what, very very quickly about that. Um, I cannot remember. Something really has to give. When was the last time the North London derby, one team was top of the table, the other team was undefeated, and one of those things has to go at the weekend. Somebody's O must go. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you, Danny. All the best. Bless you, man. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're only making plans for Nigel. Vieira, Winterburn. Oh, what a goal! Nigel Winterburn. He yet to score. Here's Nigel de Jong. They've scored now! And of all the unlikely people in the Manchester City side, it's Nigel de Jong. Right hand! From across by the impressive teenager Matt Piper. Paul Dickhoff's header was superbly saved by Nigel Martin. Right coming forward. Rush. Cross gets to this one. He can. It's 3 2. Nigel Trump again. And the way capture 2v1. It's Rio Coker and Camilo. Can Rio Coker go the whole way? He's in the penalty area. Nigel shoots. Scores. His first goal in MLS. Right. Well done, Nigel. Rio Coker salutes the fans. Just a selection. That's uh, very small selection of very the sporting Nigels. Yeah, nicely put together at very, pretty short notice. Mm. And we play that uh, because I think we're all aware the name Nigel is uh, is diminishing somewhat. Um, I don't think there were that many Nigels. Well, we'll find mm. out very shortly from something of a Nigel expert uh, called Nigel. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they did have Nigel Fest. I think it was the second one. It raises lots of money for charity and it brings together Nigels from around the world. We hope. There was a couple of sporting ones there, but let's find out. Nigel Smith, landlord of the Fleece Inn in Brett Fulton, near Evesham in Worcestershire, joins us. Good afternoon, Nigel. Good afternoon to you. Wow. Is that one, <laughs> I tell you, you got this. Yes, it was the second one, wasn't it? There were less people there this time. Is that, there is that a, slightly, yeah, there is that a sign that less, the name though. Nigel is dying out as we speak? <laughs> yeah, actually literally dying, maybe. You never oh, know. Dear me. <laughs> so why have you decided to bring everybody together in your pub sort of once a year, um, hopefully now we're through the pandemic? Well, the worst. Yeah, it. well, um, it's. It, I think we. It, it was just one of those weird things where I was having a conversation with the uh, this guy, uh, I was getting into his car, you know, how you do his Morgan car. And he, get, he said to me, 
Nigel. And I said, yeah, that's my name. He said, no, that's my, my name. We should get together. A few of us should get together for a Nigel night. So we put it out there on local radio three years ago and we got, um, it just went bananas and we got like 432. Yeah. And this year we got 372. So, uh, not quite, not quite the same number, but a hell of a party nonetheless. Do you know the stats for how many newborn children are called Nigel each year? Well, according to the uh, ONS, uh, none. So oh, that's dear. pretty grim, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, Although they don't record any less than ten, so you know there might have been nine Nigels. Nigel, the kind of uh, Pete Nigel was nineteen sixty-three. Apparently, wasn't it yeah. five thousand mm-hmm. Nigels? Yeah, yeah, which was that was the year I was born. So yeah, oh, then wow. it's kind well, of tapered yeah. off since. Then, do you, so, do you ever yeah. get the shortening of Nige? Yeah, Nigel's good. Right, Nigel, if I, you know, Nigel, if I've been Nigel, I've well, heard that. Yeah, it's that very, one, it's very cricket. The <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I mean, did everybody wear name tags? I suppose there's no point, is there? Really, uh, they so. get issued. They get issued with uh, oh. Nigel badges. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, because there's a lot of not Nigels there. So, oh well, really? So. You have not. You're allowed yeah. not Nigels. You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed to come along and support your Nigel. A you plus know, one. Okay. Yeah, you did Nigel make a good point about Nigellas. Yeah, yeah, right. and, yeah, I mean, this, that's quite limited. You've got, I think, how many Nigellas are there? I mean, there might be a few off the back uh, of Nigella. Yeah. Is there? No? No, well, none. No, okay, no, fair, well, enough. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> the, I noticed there were awards given out. I'm looking at a picture of quite a, a young Nigel, smiling young Nigel here from the local papers, and a, and a slightly yeah. older Nigel. What did you give out awards for? So the youngest Nigel, which was, he was 30. 30, and then the oldest Nigel, who was ninety six, I think. Wow! And you had someone come and, from the uh, states as well, didn't you? Yeah, we had we had a few people come from the states actually. So you know, in terms of Nigel Miles, quite a lot. Really. Is there a bloke called Nigel Miles there? So it's always <laughs> yeah, good to see yeah, Nigel. Probably was a Nigel Miles. <laughs> there, were, there were about uh, ten Nigel Smiths there, I think. So you know, oh. it's got to be a Nigel Miles. Or what's two, what's but, the yeah. best? What's the best combination? Was there any? There's nobody called Nigel Nigels, is there? I take it. Nigel's no. being a surname. No. Nigel Nigelson. Um, <laughs> Yeah, from Greenland or wherever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but you did um, raise a lot of money, didn't you? Yeah, we raised. Um, we we think we raised over three thousand quid. So oh, for uh, British Heart Foundation. So, oh, uh, yeah, those of us who are of a certain mm. age, that sort of you know that sort of thing's quite important to us. So yeah, um, which, which is great fun because it was it was. Uh, it just was such a good party, but we managed to raise a bit of money as well. Yes. So you're Brilliant. planning to do it every year, presumably? No, we're going to do it every three years. Oh, right, we, don't okay. like rush. we don't like to rush things, really. Right. We're into the rhythm now of every three years is our, our new tradition. So, you know, don't want to be, don't be <laughs> rushing at left it. By the time you get to about nine years. <laughs> You'll have to, I mean, it'll be a sad, but over the course of the years, there'll have to be those sort of in memoriam mm. things. Somebody will have to play a sort of a somber cello. As all the Nigels yeah. come up on the screen, let's hope there's not too many of them in three <laughs> oh, years. Man. Let's have a few. Let's have a baby Nigel there next time. And what yes, about? Please. We played yeah. some sporting Nigels there, Nigel. So what about? Yeah. What about? I mean, some of those it would love to see Nigel Clough turn out, or as we said, yeah. Nigel Rio Coca, one or two others. Yeah, they were all there. No, none of them were there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, what a shame! On, let's have a, if the budget stretches, maybe if the British Heart Foundation must have a kind of uh, a, a Nigel that supports the charity. Well, Nigel Adley would go yeah. along. Uh, a Havers. Some yeah, Havers. Havers. That would be good. Well, we nearly got a Havers, but he, uh, Havers wavered, unfortunately. Havers wavered. Havers wavered. Have you, have you got a favourite Nigel, Nigel? Uh, have I got one? Yeah, well, there was actually a 14-week-old a uh, um, 
puppy called Nigel. That oh. he, was quite, he was quite a winner. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have you know a sort of uh, one Nigel over all of the Nigels. I don't think that's appropriate. We're all on. We're all on the same. And it, they I've were, got they an were... unfavourite one. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I can't think. Probably guess who that is. And also present was a guy who, who, who Nigel. He changed his name, changed his name to Nile because he he didn't want the name Nigel. But you've put him right, apparently. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, we had to sort that out. You know, yeah, Nigel always, Rogers, always the, the, the uh, record out. producing guitarist. Yeah. Okay, we had a couple of texts coming. My name is Neil, but my nickname as a child was Nigel. What badge do I get? Well. I don't know. I mean, if you go along with the next, I mean, her nickname can't. Why was your nickname Nigel? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe yeah. we need to, we need to find out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is you know, arguably a joke name. You know, that's what yeah. my mate used to say yeah. to me. It's a joke name, Nigel Smith. So you know, it's character building, though. That's the thing. Nigel in Leeds yeah. says that the name Nigel, my name too, is alive and well in Holland. Um, who is oh. the greatest sporting Nigel? You ask. Well, after watching the very promising <clears throat> Dutch lad nineteen years ago. Nigel Lonvike plays for Plym- played for Plymouth yesterday. I concluded that it has to be his countryman Nigel Dion. Why? Because Dion has done so much to promote the name in the Netherlands. So he there's should a have young... been sent off in the World Cup final. Yeah, by he Howard should have Webb. been a young Dutch, <laughs> a young uh, Dutch Nigel. Um, so in Holland, they are still naming their kids Nigel, which is which is good. Maybe you can That's get cool. him along. Get him along. I think school. we're going to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to have to get. Perhaps we'll just um, put something out with Dutch media and see what we can we can get out there. Yeah, be great. Okay. Brilliant. A few Dutchmen, Dutchmen along, be fine. There's apparently a yeah. Nigel Hasselbank. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much, Nigel and Leeds, for all of those. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Nigel. All That's the best. Very informative. Yeah. Thanks. Nigel Smith, there, the landlord of the Fleece Inn near Evesham in Worcestershire, after Nigel Fest 22, and uh, if you go along to Nigel Fest Ridiculous. 25, ridiculous. <laughs> You'd go to a night of a thousand Andes, wouldn't you, if they had one? I might. (laughs) (laughs) If it was basically over the road from his house. He wouldn't open his curtains to watch it. (laughs) Anyway, um, I asked earlier on, what would you be hanging up? Uh, James L. Jones is hanging up his helmet, according to our own Charlotte Fisher, um, and he's not going to be getting involved in Darth Vader work anymore. Um, David's been in touch. Consider I'm a dry cleaner. I would be hanging up my hangers. That is very true. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much for that. What would you be hanging up technically in your line of work when you call it a day? Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TS The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. He doesn't like Chilwell, Southgate. He's got a thing for Luke Shaw, isn't he? I, mean, I don't think he's better or fitter than Chilwell. Mm. Chilwell's been okay when he's come on, especially in the last match where he scored and he looked quite decent. So I'd go with him, but I suppose I'm a bit biased. But no, that's so. that's true. Um, the, the comments from uh, yeah from the, the, the club actually from uh, Gino Pozzo are quite interesting we felt Robert had enough this is Rob Edwards if you're just joining us has got the sack as Watford manager seriously these After, people say albeit a bad run of results but still we felt Robert had enough time to show us the identity of his team oh, oh really however performances haven't reflected our hopes and ambitions they are I think they are the definition of impatient owners aren't they it's ridiculous so now we must move forward and in Slaven Village we've secured the services of an experienced coach who has recent experience of promotion to the Premier League so they, yeah, they've gone from so they've lurched well, from yeah. uh, up, up and coming manager um, and they don't like that so let's he go He's a proven forward. quantity and he probably will get them promoted and then he'll be sacked. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. is what will yeah, probably in, in net, get him up and then sort of November, bam run the results and he's gone. Gone. Possibly the first international break. Yeah, but I mean, Slavin knows that. I mean, we'll, we'll come on and talk about this. It felt like the wrong job for Rob Edwards. He was always going to get a good job mm. after what he'd done as Forest Green. He could have waited and got the kind of job where you get some time. And there are a few out there, not that many, mm. but Watford didn't feel like a good fit. But anyway... What do we know about Watford? Rookery Mike does. He's uh, a lifelong supporter of the fan. And he's from the Rookery End podcast. Mike Parkin joins us a little bit later on. Now, I don't know if you saw this in the paper this morning. They've discovered an old tape uh, that features Morecambe and Wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was on a student television station. The tape was kind of ruined. It was saved by putting it in the oven. Really? Yeah. What, videotape? Videotape, Just normal videotape? Normal videotape. The bloke put it in the oven and the tape... And it runs for 40 minutes. But this is the bit that got me. It also well, well, it runs for 40 minutes on what, Mark? What, 180 or what? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> No idea. The tape, full tape runs for 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. And also contains an interview with the French mime artist Marcel Marceau. Oh, okay. It's been a bit weird, wasn't it? It's like silent movie, isn't it? The old, um, he's the only person who speaks in the Mel Brooks film, <laughs> Silent Movie. When uh, you know, Mel Brooks phones him up, <laughs> yeah. and on a caption it says, Marcel, will you be in our film? And he says, no. And that's it. That's the only words in the film. He, uh, he appeared at the Norfolk and Norwich Festival in October 1973. Marcel Marceau did. Yeah. He, he kept to... that quiet, didn't I know. he? <laughs> Ta- to tap in, isn't it? It's, it's Clive Allen from two yards. <laughs> marvellous, Nothing. It? He had to perform... Well, you missed my Nile, Nigel Rogers. He, yeah. had to, he had to perform there without any of the props because they'd been lost in transit. What props does he need? He doesn't, he doesn't need props. He doesn't need props. Does he doesn't he? need a wall. He leans against it. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't need, need to be wind. windy, does he? <laughs> well, I hope not. Doesn't need an umbrella. Yeah, he doesn't need it. Doesn't need a balloon. <laughs> what props does he need, Andy? That's a very good That's point. And it's great you're getting upset about it all these years on. <laughs> if you were there that day and you met the great man, what did he say to you, or, mm. or not, as the case may be? That's that's the old. Um, um, uh, Harpo thing, isn't it? And when he stood up at uh, some event and said, "Unaccustomed as I am to speaking," that's very true. Must be a very weird thing mm. when you suddenly, uh, you know, somebody speaking. I don't know what Marcel Marceau sounded like. I've I no mean, idea. Sam Allardyce, and maybe he did. <laughs> <laughs> the voice How of great with that Tyson Fury called everybody a dosser. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, what a theory, Robbie. <laughs> Right. Pass me that balloon, you daughter. Um, where were we? Oh, yes. Uh, Robbie Williams is, is telling the, the papers that um, mm. his lad, Charlton, his little boy, thinks he's uh, a footballer. There was, mm. he, he overheard him saying, oh, yeah, my dad plays for Manchester United. Um, and this comes from uh, Stephen in, um, in Belfast. He says, I've worked as a sales rep for 20 years in the hair industry, and my daughter thought that I was an actual hairdresser. <laughs> Every time we attended a school event, all the parents thought... I was the best-dressed hairdresser. <laughs> I tied a suit on or a smart jacket. Why would... Can't hairdressers be smart? Uh, I think they can. Yes. Uh, never cut hair in my life, but the people of Belfast had me down as a hairdresser. Well, I mean, it would have been nice just one day... He was involved the... with hair products. He was. You're but... talking about hairs, like rabbit-type hairs. He's talking about actual no, no. hair products. He wasn't... He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be in the hair <laughs> business unless he worked in Graham. Well, I said. don't know. <laughs> Hairs have to eat. You come up with some daft questions sometimes, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) Probably. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yes, of a Monday, 
Uh, we like to bring you some uh, Clips of the Week pewter. We can't call them gold. They've not been, you know, they're not the, the classics that you hear every uh, Christmas Eve. Mm. But um, just uh, a few that popped up that were lost in the midst of time but have been rediscovered on mini discs, digitised by our producer on his old mini disc player. Remember those? Yeah. And um, here they are. We've got, uh, they're from 2010. Okay. And they'll feature a, a few. We've had phones. older. We've had older. 2004, we all sound like we're about mm. three. <laughs> but um, anyway, this we begin, as we often do, with Mike Parry, chatting to a caller about the England squad for the 2010 World Cup. Let's uh, talk to Mark, who's an Everton fan in Liverpool. Hiya, Mark. Hiya, Mike. Okay? Yeah, yeah go on, mate. Yeah, go on. What do you want to tell us? Yeah, I'm just um, I'm just disgusted really about the the Bain situation and yep. with him not being in the England squad. I, I think Warner getting ahead of him is just an absolute disgrace. Uh, well, Leighton Baines is mate. Are you talking about Jackie Elka? Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I didn't understand that at all. Not often that Mike is the victim in a clip, but there he was being quite lucid and getting it right. This is Breakfast with Adam Brazil, where they were talking about the FA Cup. Uh, Dagenham, the outsiders at 11-4. to 4. I think we're going to get some great games in uh, Division 1 playoffs and the Division 2 as well. They uh, start tomorrow night. Could be they? a London final, couldn't it? Millwall, Cardiff. <laughs> It's not very London, <laughs> is it, really? Yeah, Alan's geography, not his, I do struggle <laughs> with geography. a bit rough there. <laughs> uh, it's a big night, you know, man, Ben uh, Let's go back to Ascot Mr... Let's go, yeah, probably. Let's go back to, back to Mr Parry now. And if she was 25 years of age, she'd look at me with a gormless kind of, you know, f- uh, you know, uh, fa- faxa- facsimile. A, go- a gormless <laughs> facsimile? That's not right. I don't think that really stacks up. The words weren't coming, and even when they did, they weren't the right words. <laughs> Staying with Mr Parry, here he is with Andy Townsend talking dogs. This is from Kevin in Hodderston, which is in Hearts. He says, hi, guys. We had our chihuahua stolen Hold on, from... we had our what? A chihuahua, you know, that's a little... Chihuahua? Yeah, chihuahua, that's a right. Chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't say anything like that, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> chihuahua? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, this is Keith Arthur on Fisherman's mm. Blues now. It was a toss-up today, you know, whether I came and saw you and tried to catch attention or whether I, I got all my tackle up to speed and I've decided to sort my tackle out. Well, it's um, about yeah, time too. Not there's anything wrong with that. It's always been route one, the fishing. Oh, no. Carry on fishing has always been the same. Back to uh, Alan Brazil now. Uh, reviewing the papers, of course, Chris Davis, looking back at the new den. Looking back at the new den. <laughs> it, just, it was yeah, just over his shoulder. Was he a cab driver, Chris, at that time, was he? <laughs> Uh, got a fair in Bermondsey. Uh, Mike Parry again with a surprise bit of correspondence. Email here from Avram Grant. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably. Hey, Mike. A, I think it was probably about him. Yeah, chance for the show. You can, <laughs> where's he from? Batley. Yeah, it's <laughs> not Avram Grant. That's my Avram Grant impersonation. Yes, yeah, very good. Thank you. Great uh, to hear it again. Yeah, thanks. Over to Rupert Bell now. Watching the golf. The big names this afternoon are just starting to tear it up uh, around this uh, West course include Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy. He was obviously hungry. <laughs> I love a Rory McIlroy. It's always nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a caller to uh, Overnights. Joe is in Enfield. Joe, you're on the air. My toast has just got gone. Your patience? No, no. I'll put the toaster on and it's, and it's just popped up. Well, tremendous news. <laughs> a bit gravelly, wasn't he there, yeah, old Joe? Well, it was quite Jason, a night, really. Tommy Godfrey there. There's one for the teenagers. <laughs> Ask your granddad. Oh, Ask your great-granddad. Sake. Sticking with the callers, uh, here's one to Mike Graham. 
Uh, let's go to Michael uh, now, who's in King's Cross. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello. Hello. I think we who's came that? we came to you a little bit early. It's Mike Graham. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he was trying to cover it up. The noise in the toilet by was. singing. No? I don't think he was. I think this this guy obviously every time he goes to the toilet he sings that song. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just no, guessing. No and idea, really. Anyway, fine. What's the last one? And finally, it's Adrian Durham reading out a text about the England squad. See, nothing's changed. The England yeah. squad. And it did lend itself to a musical number. Josie is uh, texted in, happy about it as well, saying karma, karma, karma. It was bad to happen, wasn't it? Was, yeah. Yeah. So there we are, 2010. Uh, we'll have a few more clips of the week pewter for you. A couple of decent ones in there, weren't there? Not I thought bad. so. I yeah. enjoyed we'll them. Have, we'll, have some, mm. uh, we'll have some more for you around the same time next week. We did ask you off the back of this, uh, mm. Robbie Williams telling the, the press that uh, his son, young lad Charlton, tells everybody his dad's a footballer, plays for Manchester United, mm. he's been saying. And what do your kids think you do? Um, JT says, uh, my son was on a school trip to Windsor Castle and he told anyone that would listen that I was in the Queen's Guards and indeed I guarded the Queen personally. I've never been in the Scouts, let alone the Army. Uh, he also <laughs> told people on holiday I was a famous footballer. <laughs> but I'm 50 and very out of shape, says JT. <laughs> so uh, sometimes, yeah, what do your kids think you do or certainly say that you do? Uh, talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. I had a friend who insisted his dad had played for Portsmouth. He was a fullback for Portsmouth. And eventually I had to look it up to see if he had actually... And had he? he? No. He was a hairdresser. Oh, OK. Well, that, that, you can be a footballer and a hairdresser. Well, you can, yes. There's, there's been true. some in the past. That well, made, they have. Made, I'll tell you one off the top of my head, which is no pun intended. Cass. He was. Cass was a hairdresser, wasn't he? Aaron Tony yeah, Cascarino. That's true. So he made that transition from hairdresser well, to football. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe he was right, but he didn't. He Johan Coiffeur, he was the other one. <laughs> come Marvel, on, let's come have on. your hairdresser based footballers. <laughs> Yes. Come on, England are probably going to get out the early stages of the World Cup. We need to cheer each other up. Talksport.com <laughs> forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Tweet to T S H and J. I favour the draw tonight. And you, I mean, look, if it's a, it's not, it's about the result. It's about the result yeah. if England lose. But if England draw and play well, I think it's about the way they play. I don't think it is no. about the result. It's about how they. Well, I play. don't know. I mean, well, no, I think they've got to show some signs. So if they're brilliant and lose one nil, we're still not well, they're, down you know, in the dumps. <laughs> They're unlikely to be brilliant and lose one. You want to see them score? They haven't yeah. scored no. for five games. I know, I know. It's um, not good enough. It's anyway, not. it's all going to happen. I was going to say, all going to unravel. I didn't mean well, that. I hope not. Uh, from seven o'clock with Adrian Durham. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon. Why show. didn't he retire? Who's that? James Alexander Gordon. Why didn't he retire? Yeah. What, with that grand. money? Well, in those he days, 52 grand was quite a lot of money. He loved his job. Uh I'll do it all again with Charlie tomorrow. Andy, you're back on Wednesday. I am. Marvellous. Um, so if you can join us from one tomorrow, great. If not, podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.